Hey there, thanks for joining me on Filled With Messages today. You probably don't know this about me, but I am a list maker. I love particularly crossing things off my list, and I don't live and die by my list, but I um, they are really helpful to me to get through my week. But one of the things I sometimes struggle to do is to make good priorities about how the list should be ordered. What should I do first? What needs to go where? The message you're about to listen to is all about that question. How do we prioritize our life? How do we choose what we put first? How do we choose what we're going to do? So I hope and pray that God blesses you as you listen in. Earlier this year, I set a new goal for myself. It wasn't a little task, and I knew it would take a while to figure out all the details, but I was committed to working on it until I reached my target. At first, I had some good steam and thought I was making progress, but quickly roadblock after roadblock stopped me in my tracks. I tried to push on, full steam ahead, but I just could not make any forward motion. I consulted experts, talked to mentors, read books and blogs, trying to figure out what was getting in my way. To say I was frustrated would be an understatement. The goal I had set wasn't unattainable. I basically knew what I needed to do to accomplish it, but I just could not get any movement at all. Over the months I've been working on the goal, I've spent plenty of time praying about it. I thought God had blessed this goal. When things began to stall, I started telling God he needed to get his act together and show me what I needed to do differently so I could check this off my list and move on to the next task. Then recently, I was not just talking at God about this situation, but truly trying to listen to God on this topic. As I did, a question began to form in my mind. Can you set this goal aside for right now? It wasn't an audible voice that spoke this question. An angel didn't visit me with a message. No prophet came into town saying, thus saith the Lord. But deep in my soul, I knew God was asking me to set aside this dream for the time being. Today's scripture text is from an Old Testament prophecy entitled Haggai. In it, God asked the Israelites to set aside their current goals, not because they are wrong to want to accomplish these things, but because their priorities needed to be ordered differently. Hear these words from the prophet Haggai. A message from the Lord came to Haggai the prophet. Haggai gave it to Zerubbabel and Joshua. Zerubbabel was the governor of Judah and the son of Shealtiel. Joshua was the high priest and the son of Josadak. The message came on the first day of the sixth month of the second year that Darius was king of Persia. Here is what Haggai said. Here is what the Lord who rules over all says. The people of Judah say it is not yet time to rebuild the Lord's temple. So the message came from the Lord to me. The Lord said, My temple is still destroyed, but you are living in your houses that have beautiful wooden walls. The Lord who rules over all says, Think carefully about how you are living. You have planted many seeds, but the crops you have gathered are small, so you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you're never full. You put on your clothes, but you're not warm. You earn your pay, but it will not buy everything you need. He continues, think carefully about how you are living. Go up into the mountain, bring logs down, use them to rebuild the temple, my house. Then I will enjoy it, and you will honor me, says the Lord. You expected a lot but you can see what a small amount it turned out to be. I blew away what you brought home. I'll tell you why, announces the Lord who rules over all, because my temple is still destroyed. 
In spite of that, each one of you is busy with your own house. So because of what you have done, the heavens have held back the dew, and the earth has not produced its crops. I ordered the rain not to fall on the fields and mountains. Then the ground did not produce any grain. There were not enough grapes to make fresh wine. The trees did not bear enough olives to make oil. People and cattle suffered. All your hard work failed. Zerubbabel was the son of Shealtiel. Joshua was the high priest and was the son of Josadak. They obeyed the Lord their God. So did all the Lord's people who were still left alive. The Lord had given his message to me through them. He had sent, them to, he had sent me to speak to them, and the people had respect for him. Haggai was the Lord's messenger. So Haggai gave the Lord's message to the people. He told them, the Lord announces, I am with you. So the Lord stirred up the spirits of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and Joshua, the high priest. The Lord also stirred up the rest of the people to help them. Then everyone began to work on the temple of the Lord who rules over all. He is their God. It was the 24th day of the sixth month. In the second year of King Darius, a second message came from the Lord. It came to Haggai the prophet. The message came on the 21st day of the seventh month. The Lord said, Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah and the son of Shealtiel. Also speak to Joshua, the high priest, the son of Dozadak, and speak to all my people who are still left alive. Ask them, did any of you who are here now see how beautiful this temple used to be? How does it look to you now? It doesn't look so good, does it? But be strong, Zerubbabel, announces the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all of you people in the land, announces the Lord. Start rebuilding. I am with you, announces the Lord who rules over all. This is what I promised you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit continues to be with you, so do not be afraid. The Lord says, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth once more. I will also shake the ocean and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. Then what is desired by all nations will come to my temple, and I will fill the temple with glory, says the Lord who rules over all. The silver belongs to me, so does the gold, announces the Lord who rules over all. The new temple will be more beautiful than the first one was, says the Lord. And in this place, I will bring peace, announces the Lord who rules over all. Will you pray with me? God, open our hearts and minds to hear you speaking to us now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your lives, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Haggai is a fascinating book of the Bible. For instance, it's one of two books in the Old Testament, which can be dated not just to an era or year, but to the specific date on which some of the things in this work happen. The prophecy begins in the second year of King Darius on the first day of the sixth month. Because the Persian, King Darius being one of their leaders, kept such excellent calendars and records, archaeologists know that the second year of King Darius was 520 BCE and the first day of the sixth month was August 29th. Whenever I read this passage, my inner Bible geek is tempted to mark it on my calendar and celebrate it as a holiday, but I know I'm weird. Just in case you're ever on Jeopardy, the only other book of the Bible which can be dated this precisely is Zechariah, who was a buddy and sort of like a co-worker of Haggai's. Even though Haggai has some interesting archaeological details in it, there are plenty of things in it that are also hard for us to understand. In the middle of chapter 2, there's a whole section about carrying consecrated meat in your coat pocket. 
which seems just about as bizarre and completely out of touch with our lives as anything we could possibly imagine. But if we can get beyond the seemingly super weird stuff, there are some helpful truths for us in this short book. In particular, the main message of Haggai has to do with setting goals, which is something most of us do on a daily basis. We make to-do lists through which we track all the little tasks we need to complete. Many of us have an ever-evolving list of house projects jockeying for attention. As we head into the holiday season, we'll begin setting goals of how many cookies we want to bake or try not to eat. While we all set goals, oftentimes putting those goals in a good order is tricky. Choosing priorities can be a challenge, especially for those of us, not just today, but throughout history, who are seeking God's input on our lists. For years before Haggai prophesied, the Israelites had been living in exile in Babylon because the center of their spiritual lives, the temple, had been destroyed, and they had been forcibly removed from their beloved capital city, Jerusalem, by their enemies. When they were crying out to God in pain, begging him to restore them to their homeland, God promised through the prophet Jeremiah that they would eventually get to go home, but they would have to wait a long time for it to happen. Then one day, it did happen. A Persian king named Cyrus released them from their captivity in Babylon to go home and rebuild the temple. Off rushed the first group of folks who, the book of Ezra informs us, started working on rebuilding the temple, God's dwelling place, straight away. They knew they needed to put God first in their lives or everything else would be off kilter and out of sorts. But the Israelites struggled to rebuild the sanctuary. Other people groups interfered with their plans, paying off officials to work against them, frustrating their goals, lying to the king about them. After a few years of trying diligently to keep their priorities straight and focus on rebuilding God's house before their own homes, they get tired of all the roadblocks and gave up. 20 years later, they were still stuck. They hadn't made any progress rebuilding the temple and instead had focused on rebuilding their own lives, designing fancy homes for themselves while the sanctuary and therefore their spiritual lives and relationship with God were a mess. In order to rationalize their focus on themselves rather than their relationship with God, they had begun to say, the time hasn't come to rebuild the Lord's house. Into this situation, God sent Haggai to encourage the Israelites to rearrange their priorities. Through Haggai, God said to the Israelites in Jerusalem, Take your ways to heart. You have so much, but it has brought little. You eat, but there's not enough to satisfy. You drink, but not enough to get drunk. There's clothing, but not enough to keep warm. Anyone earning wages puts those wages into a bag with holes. In other words, the money goes straight out the bottom. In this, God was asking the Israelites to consider where their priorities had landed them. Their plans to rebuild the temple were frustrated by others around them, so they decided to give up working on God's house and focus on their own homes instead. But that plan hadn't worked out much better. They were working hard to recreate their lives, but their work wasn't very productive. Think about it, God asked the Israelites. Consider it carefully. If you aren't really getting anywhere by prioritizing the rebuilding of your lives rather than the rebuilding of the temple, are your priorities right? Is it maybe time to reconsider what you're doing? Trying to help the Israelites choose more wisely, God continued. Think carefully about how you are living. Go up into the mountains. Bring logs down. Use them to rebuild the temple, my house. Then I will enjoy it and you will honor me. In this, God was showing the Israelites a productive way forward. He was asking them to refocus on rebuilding the temple. 
God knew well that the last time the Israelites tried to rebuild the temple, their plans were thwarted. He understood why they gave up. He knew it would take strength of character to set aside the rebuilding of their own homes and try to rebuild the temple again. But God was asking the Israelites to trust that he would help them achieve their goals and that honoring God first in our lives is always the best starting place. The Israelites listened carefully to the message Haggai shared with them from God. Along with their religious and civil leaders, they decided to set aside their personal goals and reprioritize God's goal of rebuilding the temple. In honor of their faith, God sent another message through Haggai. I am with you, declares the Lord. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty their God on September 21st, 520 BCE. It's easy to imagine everything was hunky-dory as soon as the Israelites reprioritized and set their sights on rebuilding the temple. Alas, following God's lead doesn't guarantee us an easy journey. For a month, the Israelites worked diligently towards their goal of rebuilding the temple. The text implies they poured their heart and soul, brains and brawn into putting God's dwelling place back to rights. But after several weeks, things apparently weren't looking so good. While the text doesn't explicitly say the Israelites were starting to lose steam, the next message God gave to Haggai implies they were beginning to feel defeated. On God's behalf, Haggai told them, Did any of you who are here see how beautiful this temple used to be? How does it look to you now? It doesn't look so good, does it? But be strong, all of you people in the land, and work. I am with you. My spirit continues to be with you. So do not be afraid. Choosing our priorities is hard enough. When God nudges us to reprioritize our goals, it's even harder. Then when the reprioritized goals seem to not be working out, our frustration is legitimate. I love how God acknowledges the Israelites' disappointment at what appears to be a lack of progress. Did any of you who are here see how beautiful this temple used to be? How does it look to you now? It doesn't look so good, does it? In saying these things, God validates the Israelites' feelings. God cares deeply enough about his people, not just to tell them to put on their big kid pants and keep going without whining or complaining. Rather, God lovingly commiserates with his beloved children. He acknowledges that right now it doesn't look so good. God empathizes with them, though he also doesn't allow their emotions to thwart their goals. Instead, God encourages them, be strong and work. My spirit is with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I imagine most of you know that's the most frequently spoken phrase in the Bible. It's so easy to be afraid, especially when things aren't going to plan, especially when we've stepped outside our comfort zones and reprioritized our goals with God's leading. But God has promised never to leave us or forsake us. His spirit is always with us, so we don't have to be afraid. Sometimes that feels like cold comfort. I know it's hard to feel God's spirit with us, especially when we're scared or frustrated. But that's part of why God gave us not just feelings, but a mind as well. While we can't feel God's presence when we are afraid, we can remember the ways God has proven faithful in the past and trust he will continue to be faithful in the future. How do you make goals? Be those the pesky daily goals or big life goals? Do you prayerfully consider goals before you make them? Do you ask for God's leading in choosing what to prioritize? Do you seek the wisdom and counsel of your pastor or other brothers and sisters in Christ before moving ahead with them? Choosing our priorities is hard work, and we often come at them with a lot of blinders on. 
Like the Israelites, we might begin to rationalize our choices and say things like, no, it's not the time for that. Running our goals by trusted people in our lives helps ensure we're seeing different perspectives so we can set wise, godly goals. Or maybe there are goals which you've set, perhaps even set them seeking God's guidance and the wisdom of trusted people in your life, but you're really struggling with those goals. It seems like you're trying with all your might and making absolutely no progress. Might God be asking you to reprioritize, asking you what he was asking me recently? Can you set this aside for right now? This question doesn't mean the goal was bad or that you've messed it up just simply that God has other things that need to come first right now. When we're at this point where we're beginning to think that maybe our goals need to change, it's tempting to keep that to ourselves, to hide it. But again, seeking God's wisdom and input from your pastor, trusted Christian friends, is so important as we try to hear God speaking to us through all the noise of life. At the end of the portion of Haggai that has to do with the rebuilding of the temple, God offers a word of hope to the Israelites who were frustrated that they were finally home in Jerusalem after years of living as exiles, but that nothing seemed to be going right for them there. Through Haggai, God promised, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. In other words, the new temple the Israelites were struggling to build would be even more amazing than the old one, and the old one was a pretty amazing place. But even more so than the awesomeness of the physical structure of the temple would be what that place brought into the world. God said, and in this place, I will grant peace. Oftentimes when God is asking us to prioritize, but we're struggling to follow God's lead, there will be a lack of peace in our lives. We'll feel frustrated, annoyed, short-fused, even angry. But when we are willing to reformat our list based on our loving God's goals for us, everything might not be rainbows and ponies, more often than not, our obedience will come with a deep sense of peace. Not the hallmark variety of peace that we find on the front of Christmas cards, but shalom, true peace, that enables us to rejoice and give thanks no matter what our circumstance, because we know God is near to us. Thanks for listening in today, my friends. I pray that God blesses you with clarity and with vision as you prioritize your goals according to his lead. And as you go about making lists, may God grant you grace and peace in all you do.